Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody. Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat here. And we have a very special show today. Normally, I have a singular guest, but I have two guests and then a special third guest. And I think that's all in celebration of the fact that Mercury is in retrograde. And so magical things are going to happen on today's show. And we are, in fact, talking about a very magical topic, which is artificial intelligence. We're going to dig deep into AI, including this fantastic event that is coming up um, in California, and it's called the AI Showbiz Summit. And we're going to talk to the founders right now and dig into trends around AI and media and entertainment and lots of other tech trends inside of that and have some special guests to boot. So it is a great pleasure for me to introduce the fabulous Molly Litvak and Lori Lochfeld. I hope you- that is the studio audience going mad for you ladies. <laughs> thank you for having us. Oh, well, thank you so much. We are so excited to be here, and there's another magical thing happening, Lori. It's uh, almost May the 4th be with you day, and oh, that's our right. summit is a 48-hour countdown for that, so the two days before May 2nd and 3rd, and we're going to be having so much fun in Redwood City at the other Lori who's on the call at her iconic, remarkable theater, the Fox Theater in the heart of Silicon Valley. So let's talk, let's talk about, let's get some background on the two of you, and then we're going to dig right into the AI Showbiz Summit. And the, the most amazing thing about this is when a new trend hits, you really have to build community to help move the business forward. And that's why you guys have really done this. And it's amazing. This is the second year, and it's growing. And you have, like, a list of celebrities in the tech industry, one of whom is going to join us soon who are participating, and that just shows how relevant this all is. So give us some background on how all this came to be. Well, I'll kick it off. Molly Lovick over here. Uh, It all started out of really an obsession that I have, and it's my purpose for being on the planet, which is to facilitate the development of an Obi-Wan Kenobi-style AI-enabled hologram that's a guru that you can beam into the palm of your hand for help with any anything, anywhere, anytime. And I started a company and was focused on that, but not really. Years went by, and I realized I haven't really created this community yet, and that's when I got super serious. And um, my husband uh, was the original business partner of the AI showbiz Summit 3.0, and we, we did two years of it in L.A., and it really started to blossom, and it was an opportunity to bring together all the greatest minds, really in the world, because people come globally from everywhere, get them all together for a summit where they could share their ideas and insights, what's gone well, what hasn't, so that we could all get to the next stage not just with my dream of what I call the OB-GRAM, but everyone's dream, really using artificial intelligence as an enabler. Uh, And then, um, sadly, this last uh, May, my husband unexpectedly passed away, although I'm okay, and in his 
memory and the legacy that he helped start, I was so fortunate to meet who you're about to talk to, Lori Lochtefeld, who's she's just an incredible entrepreneur, and she inspired me to really keep going. And so I channeled all of my memory of my husband into creating this year, which is actually now our third year already, um, this AI Showbiz Summit. And we pulled out um, what was the beginning of the summit, and Lori and I co-founded. So it's really the beginning here of a co-founding partnership with Lori and I, the AI Showbiz Summit 3.0. And um, I'll, let, I'll let her talk a little bit about, you know, how we met and, and uh, you know, what we're, what we're focused on. Oh, and I love that um, out of something, you know, tr- tragic, um, you're, you're doing something really important and lovely and all about growing something new. So it's always nice to meet a Lori who spells her name correctly. Um, so Lori, give us some background on yourself. Yeah, so I met Molly at an event in Los Angeles, and she approached me telling me about her idea and her conference that had been going on for some time in Los Angeles, and I thought, you know, this would be a great conference to have in Silicon Valley, you know, the heart of tech, the heart of where things, you know, happen, and so we started talking, and and we met each other a few times, and before you know it, we, you know, really enjoyed each other's company and knew that, okay, we can get together and and work together as a team on this. And so I am the, um, I own the Fox Theater in downtown Redwood City. And our theater is about 40,000 square feet um, of space. And we do conferences. We do, you know, live performances, artists, and things like that. And so I thought, you know, let's put this conference on because we have three spaces in downtown Redwood City. We own the Fox Theater, which is, uh, seat 1300. We have a nightclub next door, which seats 240. And then we have an additional um, venue that seats 340 down the street. And so I was like, we can put the three venues together and just, you know, throw a conference that, you know, would be out of this world. And so far, so good. People have, like, you know, decided to join our conference. We got a lot of celebrities. We have a lot of people. And, and we're just going to throw, like, an amazing event. Go ahead. I'm sorry, darling. Go ahead. Oh, no. I've been um, doing events for uh, over 11 years and produced over, I would say, a couple thousand events, you know, including I've hosted President Obama when he was running for his second term, Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, um, the Kennedys, just a lot of different um, individuals in our venue. So. And, and I wanted to just jump in and say, so this is about AI and media entertainment, and you have sort of this big celebrity list because AI really touches all aspects of every business category, and so does media entertainment in so many ways. So you have, just to name some of you folks, you have Chris Payne speaking, who, who's an old friend, who, um, who directed the well-known movie Who Killed the Electric Car?, you have Eve Spurquest, another colleague from the ETC, who's really doing so much work um, with a startup of his on AI and really focusing on some ethics and how AI will change creativity. You have Tim Draper from Draper University. You have Brett Leonard, who's another kind of famous Hollywood legend. So you have all these amazing people, and they're all gathering together um, to, to talk about AI. And w- what do you think is bringing them all to the show? 
I'm going to jump in and, and start to answer that question. A mutual goal of, of, of wanting a community. Um, artificial intelligence, it's often when people talk about it, think of healthcare and AI or agriculture and AI. However, one of the most exciting and dynamic uses of artificial intelligence is within the entertainment and media space. And then when you add in, as we are, blockchain on some of the panels, it gets really interesting. And they're looking for a place where they can talk to their peers and find out, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly and get to the next level together because it takes a village I just want to say out loud, and they, everyone who's coming will agree, using artificial intelligence, it, it's an enabler that allows the company to scale in ways that are limitless. With that said, it brings a whole level of complexity that is just shy of impossible to do. So having a community really aggregating everyone together so the entire ecosystem is there. We have people at all levels, uh, uh, the data scientists, the CEOs and entrepreneurs, the investors, such an important piece of the summit, um, the, re- the people that are providing the capital and the resources for artificial intelligence to get out of the laboratory and be commercialized into wonderful products. Um, That is what is bringing everyone together. I love this. Now, we have one of your special guests on the line, so we're going to bring him on. And this is an example of the level of person that you have at your event. And um, maybe you guys should should introduce him because he's really a luminary um, in the technology world. Um, so, so give us some background on, on yes. our special guest. It is my honor to introduce, really, I believe, the leading uh, innovator, visionary of our era, uh, Guy Kawasaki. And we're getting to talk to him. He has just recently released his book, which is a type of memoir called Wise Guy. And I could take up a whole hour talking about how vast his accomplishments are, and I will just I will just say that on a personal note, he has been a mentor to me for many years, from when I was teaching at Pepperdine University, letting us discuss all top in the classroom, to when I gave a Google talk on one of my textbooks, to today. And I'm just going to let Guy take it from here. Guy, thank you for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, Guy Thank Kowalski. You. Let's hear it. Tech Cat. <laughs> the audience, oh, the audience goes mad. Welcome, Guy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was uh, quite an introduction. I, I don't consider myself a luminary, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, not, we specialize in crazy. I don't consider myself modest either. But <laughs> <laughs> well, Guy, we've just been talking about how important uh, community is, especially around this topic of artificial intelligence. So maybe you can share with us sort of, you know, some of the thinking behind the book and wh- why you're, you're going to this event, why it's so important for you um, to launch your, your new book there. Well, I'm going to the event because you asked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. Thank you, Guy. No, we're honored no to have AI you. No AI is needed for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, is so, this book is a collection of stories that happened in my life and the wisdom that I garnered from each story. 
And you know, one of the stories, or a group of the stories, are about community because I was Apple's software evangelist, and my job was to convince people that Macintosh was a viable platform, and it would make people more creative and productive. And that created a community called the Macintosh User Group. And uh, in that sense, um, it was one of the ultimate communities ever. And so, uh, you know, a great technology, Macintosh AI, whatever it is, uh, tends to create a community. And uh, it's not a chicken or egg question, however. I will tell you that um, it's a great technology that fosters the community, and the community makes the technology even better. Now, and at an event like this, when you have so many contributors to tech um, and such a big topic to tackle, um, you know, how do you how do you order all of this great content? You know, all of you are you running around like crazy people? Because it seems to me. All of this overlaps. You're going to have Guy um, talking about his book, and we're going to dig more into some of your stories, Guy. But, you know, AI is such a big topic. You know, what what do you guys think are are the organizational um, trends around all of this? Well, um, we came – actually, uh, I'm fortunate because all these brilliant data scientists and visionaries like Guy are advising. Uh, So the community really figured that one out, and – Everyone who's getting up and speaking is going to come from the theme of what did we build? What are our use cases? Just as Guy is sharing his great stories in his book, um, how did it go? How did we commercialize? What worked? What didn't? What did we learn from it? And that's um, universal. Everyone has something to share on that. So that's our organizing principle. And the audience and the, our people are buying tickets and are very interested, uh, very interested to hear because often a lot of this is confidential. Right, that's a really, really good point. And Guy, I know you're going to be sharing a lot of your your um, life lessons and, you know, you're known for being sort of one of the first evangelizers uh, of uh, technology. Is your, is your book going to capture a lot of those stories? Uh, it absolutely has captured a lot of these stories and you know, in a conference like this, I am not the AI expert, okay? So you have many other speakers who have much greater knowledge about AI. But uh, what I can do is I can help people understand that given a technology, a revolution like AI, uh, how do you evangelize it? How do you market it? How do you explain it? And how do you evolve it? Um, so I'm going to be the least sort of AI-specific speaker, but I can paint the picture of how to make it successful using time-honored, proven tips from my career. Right, and you've been such a key player in marketing and contextualizing um, new tech. So so my, my question to you guys, I don't know if you can all answer this, but what I continuously hear just from the world is this real fear about AI and ethics keeps coming up and people are so worried that um, that we're going to mess this up. Um, so are, are you guys all feeling positive that we have this under control? Um, you know, that, that we're going to be able to, to, to master all of this, this great tech? Well, um, I'll jump in to start. Uh, this is a big question. I will just tell you my 
vantage point and perspective and what's happening at the summit, I'm very optimistic. Like any technology enabler, it can be used for good or bad. And we're focusing, we're having panels on ethics in AI, diversity in AI, even uh, people who are disabled using AI, um, AI without bias. We're going to be covering all of those angles. Uh, We also have the first night of screening of Chris Payne's film, Do You Trust This Computer?, which has Elon Musk and other people talking about the benefits and the dire possible consequences and a panel after that to delve into that. So there'll be discussion on that. With that said, we're focusing on entertainment and media and looking at it from that standpoint and how audience sentiment can be measured with all these technologies uh, in a positive and profitable way. And I'm really glad that Guy's on the phone right now because he is so good at at contextualizing things and building community. And, um, I mean, what do you think, Guy? Don't don't you think there's a a vibrant, optimistic side of all of this from a community? uh, um, I, I think that at any given point, a technology is always seen as half empty, half full, and... It probably started with Gutenberg when Gutenberg invented the printing press, and I bet a lot of religious leaders said, oh, my God, no pun intended, oh, my God, um, this is the end of civilization, because now anybody can get a Bible, and they don't have to come to church. So this printing press is going to be the end of the church. And, you know, fast forward to desktop publishing and blogging and social media, uh, and now AI. So, um, I think people always have that attitude. I don't think it ever turns out as bad as people think, as dire as people think. And uh, speaking of contextualizing, I would also say that of the existential threats that now face society, I would not put AI as number one on the list as the threat. <laughs> we have deeper issues. Yes. <laughs> emanating from Washington, D.C., Right, right. Yeah, especially in the last couple of days, days for sure. Um, Well, Guy, is there a sort of marketing story that you have about a tech that people maybe were initially afraid of? And, um, you know, as an evangelizer, you helped give some context to it to to quiet the fears. Um, Because so much of this is just, again, to your point, you know, giving people a way to think about this stuff. Yeah, well, I... I don't know if I have the specific story for you, but I will, going back into my history, um, I will tell you that uh, one of my concepts is of letting a hundred flowers blossom, which is a st- stolen from Chairman Mao, although I fail to see how he truly implemented it. But letting a hundred flowers blossom means that you, you take your best shot at positioning and branding, you ship your product, your service, your technology, and then reality strikes. And you may learn that people who are not your intended customers use your technology in unintended ways. And so, you know, we're sitting here cogitating about how AI will be used in entertainment and in my case in automobiles and all that. And we may find out it's going to be used in a completely different way by completely different people. And the lesson that I learned with Macintosh is, you know, we thought Macintosh would be a spreadsheet database and would processor. Come to find out it was a desktop publisher. 
And so that's an important lesson that, you know, you take your best shot and you see what happens. And what we're particularly good at in Silicon Valley is we know how to declare victory. So <laughs> even though we thought we had, even though we thought we had a spreadsheet database or a processing machine, um, when it came out that desktop publishing was the key, we declared victory and said, of course, we designed Macintosh for desktop publishing. Uh, that is that is absolutely not true. And you guys are um, all going up, of course, to, to uh, Lori's Theater um, in Redwood City. Is Redwood City becoming another sort of area where tech is aggregating? And, and how important is it to have these sort of locations where technologists space themselves, like Apollo Alto? Is that key to, to this stuff growing? Well, I wouldn't say it's necessary or sufficient. I mean, I work for a company in Sydney, Australia, you know, so that's thousands of miles away from Palo Alto in Urban City. Um, so there are pluses and minuses. So the advantage of being in Palo Alto or Redwood City is you're close to Stanford, you're close to Sand Hill, you're close to all of that. The disadvantage is you are competing with Apple, Google, Cisco, Yahoo, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, I mean, I can just go on and on for engineers and for talent. Uh, the, the theater where this conference is is half a block from Fox. So, um, yeah, good news, bad news. But if you're an entrepreneur, uh, you see the world as half full. And so, right. you know, you, right. you do what you can with what you've got. Well, I would just add, um, since we had it before in L.A. and Hollywood, it has um, given a renaissance to this, uh, like a revitalization, because we are, as Guy just said, by Sand Hill Road. We have so many investors coming this year because it's just a, it's a local drive nearby. And I will mm-hmm. tell you, that's important to entrepreneurs in this space, getting the resources. Um, and then, Lori, tell them about how beautiful, I was just there yesterday, how stunning and breathtaking your Fox Theater is. <laughs> yeah, the Fox Theater uh, is a Bonneville house that was built in uh, 1928, and so it's gorgeous. Um, the Art Deco, um, the inside, um, it, it just is really beautiful and, and stunning. So I think that people that some of these investors and these people that haven't had a chance to experience the theater will love it, as well as they'll love Redwood City. Redwood City in general went through a renaissance, and it is kind of recreated. The city itself has kind of recreated itself, and now we have buildings, we have uh, apartments, and we just have like a new influx of people um, that are located downtown. No, I, I, I was I, there yeah, literally. I was there literally yesterday. Uh, because I'm a Kaiser customer, and there was a place where there were five restaurants in a row I would have tried it. It was like there was Japanese, and then there was Indian, and then there was Vietnamese, and then there was pasta, and you know the strip I'm talking about, and eventually, soon, there's going to be a coffee bar opening up. I could just spend my whole life right on that. Oh my God! It sounds it sounds so so cool and so much better than Sherman Oaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, really great right there, I don't you? 
Yeah, well, no, I have a, I have a Ralph's <laughs> down the block for me. Um, <laughs> now, you, Lori, um, Lori and Molly, you guys, rec- you you have wrapped into this a blockchain piece. So maybe you can talk a little bit about yeah. how that fits in. And I'm sure, Guy, that as a as a ventures person and a technologist, blockchain is another um, important area for you. So can you guys give us a sense of of why this is a theme in this as well? I'll jump in um, to start it, and it's an interesting answer. So we've always had Michael Turpin, who's one of the big whales in blockchain. He's the guy that convinced 300 people to move to Puerto Rico, all doing blockchain (laughs) ventures. Yeah, he can convince anybody of anything. He's he's really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, blockchain... um, is going through, what do they call it, a, a hibernation a little bit. Uh, uh, um, it, it, it isn't what it, it's not valued nearly where it once was. And there's concerns about regulations. And it is just the time where a lot, like there was this big craze. Everybody seemed to jump into it and it was like the latest fad. Or I, this is my perspective. Um, but it had this decentralized theme that was attractive to all of us in technology. And and then when everyone started to go in a different direction, and, and Guy, as my mentor, can tell me if this is a wise strategy, I became extremely interested. I'm like that sailboat that's getting about to go over the start line and everybody's heading for it, and I turn around and I go the other way because I'm doubting that the wind is going to, be in my favor if I hold off. or That's my analogy. I am so excited suddenly about blockchain just at the time that everybody else isn't. And I, I'm so glad that we stuck with it because we've, we're going to have a meeting of the um, National Blockchain Society. And there's, there are people with money. We just met, Lori and I met yesterday with a block, um, uh, a cryptocurrency blockchain investor. She has a million dollar fund and she just invests in token early stage offerings. So it's, it's new. I don't know, Guy, what do you think about my timing? You're so good at timing. What do you people think? People with money. I heard people with money and my ears just perked up. <laughs> Go ahead, Guy. <laughs> you know, it's a rare you- moment of humility. I have to tell you that blockchain just may be over my head. I was. <laughs> I, I will. I will be in the audience learning. How's that? Yeah, it's it's hard to follow it, and I mean, who knows? <laughs> this is all as entrepreneurs, we're betting on multiple horses. And I will tell you this: when you talk about blockchain and how it can be used with AI and predicting audience sentiment or in smart contracts. It's really exciting business application. So we'll be delving into that. We have a couple panels. Um, John Canning and Jeff Chow from Digital Domain are coming out cause, to speak on two of our blockchain panels and, yeah. and a host of others. Yeah, and I think um, I think the point is correct that blockchain is hard to wrap your head around. But I think what everyone's responding so positively to is the point that you made is this this transparency piece that we can get out of this fuzzy world and that you know everyone will know what's going on in real time, which is the most you know exciting thing about it. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a question too because we're all sort of in the event business and certainly. 
Guy, you've written so many fabulous books and you do so many speaking engagements. You know, um, why, why are events having this heyday right now? Why is it so important to, to build community at a fabulous event like this? Like, what, what do these events bring? Well, I think it brings critical mass. I think it brings, you know, looking into the eyes of people. Um, I, I, I listen. I do. I do presentations virtually also, but uh, there's just something about going to a conference. <laughs> it's it's at least the, the human there. element, the human piece. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't. Uh, it's going to be a long time before you see the Princess Leia Guy Kawasaki hologram making a keynote. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I want to be taller with my hologram. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to be skinnier. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be less Eastern European shaped. But um, getting back to to you guys, Molly and and um, and yeah. Lori, as the event producers, you know, what's your your greatest hope out of this? Like, what 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 to you would be success? You're watching the event happen. What will bring a smile to your yeah. face? It melts my heart when two people meet an entrepreneur and somebody with capital resources. And they and the um, and they realize a collaboration is in their future, and and suddenly something that was uh, trapped in the laboratory is now getting commercialized to the world. Anytime um, introductions are made and collaborations are forged, and insights are gained, even if it is someone in the audience decides not to spend that five hundred thousand dollars because they learn what they needed to know at the summit and they, they can take a shortcut in a better direction. Uh, that, that to me, it means everything in the world. So the collaboration, the value that everybody attends gets out of it. And yeah. And, and guy, um, at this point in your career, are people coming up to you and pitching all the time because of, you know, who you are in the ecosystem. So at an event like this, do you think you're going to be pitched a lot? Yeah. <laughs> so what? So what's some advice That's to like give to, to people that are going to pitch rise. you? Yeah. What what what's what's good advice for people at an event like this that that um, you know, you can give to people. Like, what do you want to hear? Because what Molly and and Lori have done is bring together all pieces of this ecosystem. So you know, you're 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 someone that listens to a lot of this. What what's a good sort of rule of thumb when, when they have a few minutes with you? Well, I mean, a good rule of thumb is that um, everybody, literally everybody says, I have patent pending, curve jumping, paradigm shifting, enterprise class, scalable, you know, cyber security, cyber <laughs> currency, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Like, everybody says that, okay? So, you have to figure out, like, how do you separate yourself from that noise? And the way you do it is you say, well, I'm making this up. <laughs> the way you do it is uh, I'm a Ph.D. student at Stanford or, I'm, you know, I, I have a Ph.D. from Carnegie Mellon. So at least there's, you know, there's something besides you're a full of shit millennial who's trying to pitch. Um, so educational background is one thing Um, also to say that 
that you already have General Motors and Mercedes and, and you know, I don't know, Procter & Gamble using your technology. So, you know, so it's more real. Or you could also say if you're a pure consumer play that, you know, 5,000 people are signing up per month to use it. So anything like that that puts you beyond this adjective soup of patent-pending, curve-jumping paradox using enterprise-class, scalable, machine-learning, cyber-security, cyber-currency, artificial intelligence. So in other words, stay away from the buzzwords is what you're trying to say. <laughs> stay away from the if, you, if you're using adjectives, ask yourself, is your competition using the opposite adjective? Because if your adjective is innovative, ask yourself, so my competition is saying, well, we have this piece of crap that is trailing its technology. Otherwise, right. if you're all saying innovative, you know, nobody's saying anything. Right, right. Now, this event, interestingly enough, now that it's not in Hollywood, but you're bringing Hollywood to Silicon Valley, and, and those are very different cultures. So, Molly, have you seen, you know, there any sort of transfer in the culture there, or is it really worlds colliding, or is there less division now than there has been? It's so fascinating to me. It's almost like if you were a parent and you had um, twins, and they were very different. Um, So, uh, (laughs) the tech side of it they love metrics and analytics and um, detail and super analysis. And for our website, we just had like the slick a couple words up there and it, it didn't work for them at all um, because that's not how, you know, they're all about mathematical equations and looking at large data sets. Um, then the entertainment people... They love the story and the dream and the vision and the hype. (laughs) So I am melding them together along with Lori, and we're finding ways as we go through this to find that intersection, those two concentric circles that overlap. And, um, you know, and I think Guy Kawasaki is the perfect example of the intersection because he contextualizes, as he said, the community fabric, and, and that's, that's where the rubber meets the road, as they say. Um, so it's very fascinating, and I, I know, Lori, you put on so many events a year. Uh, have you ever experienced something like this where you're marrying two very distinct audiences yeah. together at an event? Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, most of, most, most of uh, I'm sorry, you're talking to the other Lori, right? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm starting with Lori Lachtefeld, but both of you, yeah. All right, go ahead, Lori. <laughs> you know, no, this will actually be the first of its kind. Normally when we um, have an event, it's like a single um, topic. And so this is the first time where we're marrying um, uh, more than one topic together and presenting it in this way. So it's it's very interesting. I, and I, I think the thing about this space uh, right now is that all of these trends do kind of collide together, um, which is which is apropos. You can't really just talk about AI without talking about all these other pieces uh, of the pie, um, you know. And so, so the context piece is, is so so right on. And guy, when you come to an event like this and you're sharing this this book of great stories, do you do you 
tilt the storytelling in a certain direction because of the audience or is it kind of because you're representing who you are is it is it really the same story wherever you go uh let's just say that the book and my background is so broad that i, I can just <laughs> the stories for the for the place um it's yeah i don't have to uh you don't have to shape much it much anymore <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, and it's I have point. to add. I have to add that people are so excited that Guy is speaking. You know, his book, The Art of the Start, is their bible for startups and how to make a deck and everything. And now to read Wise Guy, you know, um, Lessons of a Life. It's it 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 is just the next um, thing that they can get a hold of that Guy has shared with the world. So. Um, there, he guy. You could get up and say pretty much anything, and everybody would be (laughs) overjoyed because they really care. I mean, you have been a visionary who has seen trends and uh, you know uh, been actually part of them historically. So uh, everybody, I just want the listeners to know how excited they are to hear guys. Talk and then to get to do the book signing and actually, you know, um, talk, you know, get an autographed copy of of the book is priceless to these people. Um, yeah, it, it is really interesting to look at your list of um, of books, guy, and see that they really do hit, you know, almost every major trend as a lesson. I mean, I remember years ago um, everybody was talking about um, ape. Um, as being yeah, the sort of yeah, gu- guide yeah. to self-publishing. So you have this long list of books that have become the sort of um, seminal sort of source of education for the, the topics, um, you know, which, which again, back to Molly and Lori, you've done such a great job of bringing together such, such uh, magical people. Um, now, Guy, are you signing your book, you know, both days, three days? Like, how, how does it work for you? Do you do a talk and then you do a book signing? Yeah. Yeah, I, I do a talk and then a book signing. Um, I don't think I can attend the whole thing every day. It's uh, that's not the nature of my yeah. life. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> yeah, we're we're lucky. I just want to say we're lucky to have Guy for a little bit, and yes. uh, we've we've got some of his books. And uh, if he can stay after his talk for a few minutes, um, that will be <clears throat> certainly one of the main highlights of this whole summit. Um, but. Yeah, uh, we're we're lucky to have you there, uh, guy. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's doing such important work out there too. So we don't want to take you away from all of that either. Well, <laughs> and you. you guys, tell tell us where we can find out more about the show. And then, guy, also, if people aren't already following you, let's get some of your social media links out there too. So, um, so Molly, tell us where people can learn yeah. more about the event. Um, the event, which is called AI Showbiz Summit 3.0, presented by Lenovo, uh, who is our, our big sponsor. And we're, they're just quick note, um, they're going to have a whole display in the lobby of their really cool stuff they're Exciting. doing, uh, data science workstations and so forth. But, um, and, uh, you can go to www.aishow.biz. Everything is there. If you want to buy a ticket, there's a ticket button at the top, information on the speaker. We have the schedule overview. Soon we'll have the breakout 
of the exact talks and topics um, about it, and um, it's it's really all there in one spot. At the bottom is our phone number and an email address if someone wants to get in direct touch. And then, Guy, where can, if people aren't already following you, which is kind of crazy, but if they're not following you, where can they learn more about you and, and your latest book? Uh, uh, certainly at GuyKawasaki.com, but admittedly that's kind of brochure where uh, my day-to-day joys, I post on Instagram, and if you want to see what I'm really passionate about, um, it's my LinkedIn posts. Um, but I will give a caveat that if you go to my LinkedIn post, um, I am very political and I am very left-leaning. So um, don't come there expecting me to be talking about making America great again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think you, you, you're, you've got the right audience on the line here for that. Um, uh <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was just thinking like how cool would it be like if it worked to say like with my last name Wise Schwartz, but Wise Guy is, you know, such a clever name. I just love that. You know, it it just works out so well. I I have to just say I think Guy is the best at naming anything. Your books um are are so well named, and uh, yeah. Why? How, can you just tell us real quick? Because I'm curious. How did you? Well, did you always know that would be the title, or how did you? It's perfect. Oh, uh, not at all. Um, I, the first name of my book, the first version was going to be "Are You Jackie Chan?" because of a very <laughs> funny story in the book. And then I, I even considered it because it's kind of like chicken soup for the soul, except all my stories. I jokingly told my publisher, why don't we call it um, miso soup for the soul? But that didn't go over. So uh, here we are. <laughs> well, what made you decide to, to write this kind of personal book as, as opposed to some of the more sort of trend-oriented pieces? Is it just where you are in your life? You know, what kind of dro- drove you yeah. to, to go in this direction? No, much of it is because of where, where I am in my life and... I never expected to write 15 books, so <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, there's nothing left to say about social media and, and entrepreneurship and all that. But, um, this is just a complete departure. Right, and something that you felt um, felt um, driven to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which which is great. I guy. need to go if that's possible. Yeah, well, thank. Yeah, thank you guys for, I, I, yes. we thought we'd have you 15 minutes, so this has been uh, awesome, and we'll say goodbye and we'll see you at the show, guys. Thank we'll wrap you, so you. Much. and every, you. everybody Bye, appreciates your time. Thanks, Guy. Bye, guys. And, okay, thank you. Take care. We'll see you at the show. Bye-bye. Take care. And, okay, bye-bye. And, Lori and Molly, Bye. you know, as as we're wrapping up the show, and that was so so great to bring on your special guest, um, you know, um, give us a sense of some of the other speakers that you're going to have as we're wrapping out, just to get people excited. So I mentioned Brad and Tim oh and Eve. Um, so tell us some of the other folks that are coming. Yeah. Oh, there's so many great people. Well, there's Chris Yeh coming, and he wrote a book called Blitzscaling, and he's a he's Silicon Valley based investor. Um, I want to tell the viewers every single person's talk is going to be immortalized in outer space 
by uh, Nova Civics Arc Mission uh, found um, dot org Arc Mission dot org, and um, it's like super cool and out of this world. Um, That's so Jeremy cool. Gu, who's a yeah senior data scientist at, at Uber. Um, Debbie uh, Zemrensky, who's the cultural engineer and former leadership executive of Walt Disney World, just confirmed is Elliot uh, Sakartos, who's the business and technology strategist, media and entertainment, Microsoft. Uh, there, there are so many good, great people. Dr. Gunnar Newquist. Uh, and Shane O'Shannon uh, are with the company BrainTobot that I'm on the board of, and I'm going to be moderating their talk, which is about <laughs> biology-inspired AI from um, the BrainTobot scientists. And finally, I just have two more things to add. The lobby is going to be the coolest place with all the Lenovo products, and we're going to have um, Ojai Energetics there, making sure that we have um, drink-infused CBD concoctions um, that are good for health and wellness. And um, and then we have the sound lounge vibrational therapy uh, chairs so that people can relax as well as go to all the all the summits and everything. Um, so Ojai Energetics is a big help to us with this, as is Lenovo and um, this company that does the sound lounge. So I just wanted to get that all in there. It's fantastic. We're we're getting to the to the wrap time, and you know we got to to hear from Guy, and we're all such big fans. Um, but I also want to celebrate, you know, Molly and Lori for putting together such a fantastic event again in its third year. Um, the AI Showbiz Summit. Check it out. Go online. Um, just a fantastic curation of um, speakers and thought leaders and experiences to really hack away at this overwhelming topic of AI and, and what to do about it and how, how to uh, really move responsibly through all this great tech that, that's landing. So a big hand for, um, for Molly Litvak. And Lori, I'm going to botch your last name because I'm famous for that, so say it for me. Lachtefeld. Lachtefeld. Okay, that's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but you can check out. Yeah, you did really good. Good job. Okay, thank you. But check out AI Showbiz, and I so appreciate you guys coming on the show, and I really appreciate um, bringing oh, Guy. What are. a treat that was. And, um, you know, you've got to check out what yeah. they're doing and uh, be part of this growing community of for what these thought leaders are putting together. Thank you so much, Molly and Lori. What a treat today. Oh, thank you. Lori, thank you. Lori, yeah, thank Short, you for having so much. Uh, yeah, thank you. And to all the viewers, AIshow.biz, we hope to see you May 2nd and 3rd. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Bye, yeah. everybody. See you next week. Bye. Probably won't be as cool of a show, but we'll try. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 